Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty. We have another jam-packed episode with reaction from the weekend's Camogie Games and a look back on the football games, as well as looking forward to this weekend's All-Ireland Junior Football Semi-Finals. On the show, we have Tipperary Camogie player Aoife McGrath and manager Bill Milani, Calvin Camogie captain Erin Galligan and also Fermanagh ladies captain Courtney Murphy. I'm joined as ever by Sports Talks' Tom Brown. Tom, you made the trip to Cork at the weekend for the Camogie. Porky Cueve, a fantastic stadium. A bit surreal, I suppose, with no supporters there. And the weather, even when it's good, it's cold down there. Yeah, the weather was a big factor for both Camogie games uh, there at the weekend. You had a breeze coming in there from the River Lee. And yeah, surreal, but I, I do would say the Camogie put on a good show down there, uh, looked after everybody very well, especially the media, uh, brought the guys up to us from the, the pitch levels, say up to level three. So it was just a matter of bringing warm enough clothing for you. In the first game, Tom, Cork overcame Clare. A lot of people were expecting Cork, obviously, to win this game. Clare started the game well. Yeah, well, Clare played with the breeze in the first half. Both teams were kind of sluggish to start. They're a little bit nervous. The inside forward line of Cork were well marshaled by the Clare back line. Once Cork got a hold on that and realised that maybe that wasn't the ball in and they started going through their half-forward line, they were excellent. Each time they got the ball on the half-forward line, they were dangerous. And Katrina Mackey was particularly dangerous. Linda Collins, uh, I thought, had a tough day in at uh, full forward. She was marking uh, Claire Hare, who was, in my mind, uh, player of the game. Um, She did a lovely marking job on Linda Collins. And the inside tactical battle was going well but also 100 yards up the road there was a fantastic battle going on between Anya Lachlan and uh, Laura Tracy second half Cork were playing with the breeze and you kind of felt that it was going to be a big opening 15 minutes for Clare and they had a disaster start to be quite honest with you Katrina Mackey blasted the net straight away and and that seemed to deflate Clare uh, a little bit in their performance and it kind of freed up Cork to go on and win comfortably in the end but you would be very, very uh, happy with some of the performances from Clare. Now, Clare are building for the future. If I was Paddy Murray, I'd be very happy going into the semi-finals, knowing that I had a nice competitive game against Clare under my belt. And then in the other game, Tipperary had a fine win over Waterford. We expected probably a lot more from Waterford in this game. This is always going to be a tight battle at the start. Two very evenly matched teams on paper. Tipperary were four points up just before half time, And I thought Waterford, who were disappointing all day, played their best uh, camogie to get within two points at half time, playing against the breeze. Tipperary came out in the second half, got their first score off Cotavan, which was a Absolutely savage free from about midfield or just there out, out in the wing against the breeze and it kind of laid down a marker. Now, what it showed to me that Tipperary have a lot of steel within their ranks. They just seemed to dig in and have that little bit of steel in the second half where you needed Waterford to come out buzzing and flying and use the momentum of the two points before half time. They just faded away. And to be quite honest, it didn't get it going all day. Tipperary... To me, look a very, very good side. I would think that they will come on immensely from having that experience of the last couple of years. Right, we'll go on to the results of the weekend. And in the Ireland Senior Camogie Championship quarterfinals, Cork 315, Clare 8 points, and then Tipperary 112, 
Waterford 10 points. And after the game, Tom, you spoke to Tipperary's Eva McGrath and the Premier County's manager, Bill Manani. Well, I suppose the main objective today was coming to the game and uh, getting a win and getting a qualification to the last four. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, it was. It's, it's, um, uh, it is to get to the semi-final and hopefully get to an All-Ireland final. But as we say, one step at a time. Um, you know, we, we knew coming here, Waterford would be tough. We have a kind of a history now. And, uh, you know, we meet each other nearly every year at this stage. Um, for the last three or four years anyway so we knew it was going to be hard um, girls came did their jobs worked hard and, and, and in fairness got the result you know I thought we deserved it in the end to be honest and in the second half then you might have thought playing against the Breeze that you would have uh, maybe a two point lead wasn't enough but you showed great character there and the girls really stepped up to the plate uh, they did look I mean but that's the, the character in the squad the strength of the squad like you know what I mean there's a full panel of 30 players there more even like 30, 33, 34 um, but I mean they really did step up um, they worked worked really really hard all over the field and um, you know like from the goalie that super save at the end all the way up to Karen getting up for the goal from centre back I mean like you, you, you couldn't while we have to pick players out, you couldn't pick uh, anybody out because the team really like came through and worked out very hard and, and, and got the result, you know. And just word just then that you've got go in the semi-final. Uh, just your initial thoughts on that? Well, I mean, look, as I, I said it to, to yourselves already, I mean, like any team you're going to beat now, even like Waterford today, they're all tough. It's the last six, like everybody wants to be there. You know, like, I mean, there's no easy matches. Nothing is going to be handed to you. Look, Galway are another challenge for us, uh, but also another opportunity for us to get to try and get the last step and get to an All-Ireland final you know so well, look, we look forward to it we're hurling in uh, November and um, you can't ask for any more at, at this time of year either you know an All-Ireland semi-final against the uh, defending champions and you can use today as a positive then that you have a competitive game under your belt they're staying at home trying to come up with different uh, training games and that to keep themselves active and get that competitive edge well, like, that's something that you can use going into the game against exactly them. look we, um, one of the kind of concerns we had was uh, would be that we didn't play in three weeks uh, and uh, Waterford coming out of a match against um, your own crowd Westmead last week like um, um, you know that it might have been a bit sharper than, than us or a bit more match ready but I mean like in fairness um, like, we, we've got a great match under our belt today we should step up now we'll have a couple of days to recover and, uh, and uh, refresh and then go again from uh, Monday and Thursday night on again and um, you know get ready for Galway which will be an absolute huge challenge again like you know and you hope to have Ashley Maloney back then from suspension so that's something that Galway wouldn't have seen before well I, yeah that's true um, um, um yeah, we, we were hoping to have Ashley back. Uh, well, she's undergoing an MRI this week for her knee. That she, you might have seen that she yeah. played against Monaghan there. And um, like, look, we're waiting for a result of that. If she's back, I was huge. As if she's not, as I say, we have a panel of 30 plus players that are all pushing for a spot and trying to trying to get a spot. You know, it's a very hard team to pick. Um, we had two new starters today, um, so it just shows you that the competitiveness and training is, is is fairly strong. You know, is anybody going to fund the trip back from Australia for Orla? Um, I think I'm going to have a whip round in about 10 minutes and I'll start with you. If uh, it looked at a half time there that two points maybe wasn't enough for uh, Tipperary playing against the Breeze, but you really dug in the second half there. And phenomenal second half, showed great character and got a lovely win. Yeah, I think the first half, I suppose, going in two points at half time, you kind of wonder if we done enough. But look, the, the wind will help carry the ball, but it won't put the ball over the bar for you. And look, we definitely upped our work rate in the second half there. You know, we dug deep, worked a bit harder than we did in the first half, and thankfully, ground out the win. And what was the thought process coming into the game? Obviously, playing in Parker Cree was a big uh, statement for the Camogie and uh, exciting. 
Ah, look, it's nice. Like, you know, you want to be playing in the in the big venues like this. Like, you know, the pitch was absolutely smashing outside. And look, you love, love playing knockout hurling. Like, you know, that's where you want to be. That's what you train all year for. So, no, absolutely delighted to be here today. And your initial reaction then to getting goal in the semi-final? Ah, sure, look, there's, there's three very good teams. Do you know, it's going to be a tough draw either way. Do you know, so look bring on Galway like they're all Ireland champions they're a very good side but look looking forward to the next day out and Bill was just saying that he's going to get a whip around to get Orla back from Australia <laughs> yeah 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 we'll start the, the fun there to fly Orla home and look, look Orla's a super player and you know all around athlete you know and she was definitely a last year today but look she's on to bigger and better things you know you won't hold that against her um and look, we have a very strong panel there. You saw Maureen Everson and Claude McIntyre made their debuts there today and, you know, put in massive shows there, you know. So we have a good, we have a very strong panel there, you know, so Orla was a loss. But look, we have others to come in and, and fill our boots. And Anya really stepped up in the goals. I think she's still minor or just up for minor. Yeah, save at the end. yeah she's minor last year, I think, or this year. But anyway, she's absolutely savage. Like, I was there beside her and I didn't even see a pass. Like, I don't know how she got it, but absolutely savage. Do you know, for a young girl, it was absolutely savage the way she stepped up and, and made a fantastic save there. How are you preparing now for the semi-final? Uh, what's the, the mood in the camp? Obviously, you can't go back to a bar or anything like that. No social, really, uh, gatherings that can, like we have. What will you do now? How will you finish off this uh, win today? I sure look, we'll go home and, and get the recovery in and get the bodies right. Like, we're only two weeks out from a, a semi-final, you know, so quick turnaround so we'll just make sure we get the bodies right to hit the field again um, Monday or Thursday or whenever we're training you know so but you, you have been building over the last couple of years and you are becoming one of those top four sides perennial top four sides now but you will want to kick on against Galway maybe use the advantage of uh, having a competitive game um, on uh, to your advantage going in in the first couple of minutes against them uh, a couple of weeks on. yeah that's it you can't be getting um, getting tough matches and that's definitely what we got there today and hopefully it'll send us going in the next day like like I said like Cork, Kilkenny, Galway have been the top teams for the last few years but ourselves Waterford, Clare like you know we're slowly getting there and hopefully look look we'll put everything into to the semi-final in two weeks time and look we'll see what happens in the intermediate All-Ireland quarterfinals, Derry 8 points, Mead 113, Kerry 1-6, Leash 110. And in the Nancy Murray Cup final, Cavan beat Tyrone 214-213. And I caught up with Cavan captain Aaron Galligan. It was a big thing for Cavan, was the first time you got to that final. You also then go on and win it. A fantastic achievement for you. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic achievement. I suppose we were looking at it as um, our goal from the beginning of the year was to get to the Nancy Murray final. And then we just seen how we were performing during the year and the teams that we were playing and like what scorelines we got there in the first three league games and that. We thought that we were capable of pushing on maybe and winning it. So we set our eyes on that after COVID. And uh, so thanks for moving up the line there. Yeah, and just the eyes on the next game now and see where we see how far we can go. The prize as well um, for the two teams getting to the final was you got into the junior All Ireland semi final. So you've got a semi final now against um, Roscommon on Saturday. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I think 
every member that morning when the news is broke that when we, if we get to the Nancy Murray final then we will fall into place for to be in the All-Ireland Premier Junior semi-final it's a massive thing to be able to say that Cap will become competing in an All-Ireland semi-final after not having a team uh, competing at national level for so long so it's kind of like we're thrown in and it's something massive but uh, the girls are well fit to take it on board um, there's a lot of experienced players there even though they might not have experience mm. with Cap but they have played at high levels with their clubs and that and they're all rare, rare to see what they can do with the Cavaliers you mentioned yeah about being out for so long and you had the storm that you put your first game on hold and then all of a sudden COVID did you think that Cavan were ever going to get back into um, competitive camogie again Oh, well, I still, I had great faith that when uh, COVID was lifted that the team would uh, would come back all together again and fall into place again. We can put in uh, Cavan County Gore, testament to them, they have put in serious work to try and get the team together and the management facilities and facilities and all that for us to train in. And then we built on that, we got like our fitness test done early in November and gyms and gym work and all that done. So the work and the spade work have been done pre-COVID. It was just that they matched the participation and the match was kind of pulled from underneath us but I knew that because all that work had been put in and we had built up a great bond of camaraderie between the girls in, in on the panel I knew that as soon as the games and fixtures were reinstated that us Cavan girls would be back together Cavan County Board did signal their intent for the year by appointing Jimmy Gravel as your manager now obviously you know Jimmy uh, he managed um, Crusher Law your um, club team know Jimmy for a good few years now. Uh, uh, Jimmy's a great man with his organising and that. He's there. Jesus, he must be there an hour before training. I'd be coming from work and I'd be ringing him. He says, I'm just pulling up a breath. And he says, I have to go home and get dinner and get changed and get back in yet. He's very organised. He knows what he's about. Uh, every training is different and he has it all like laid out. And he keeps spicing things up and keeps the girls on the toes. And he's built up a great, um, a great bond there with a, a lot of the girls. With all the girls. Like as in, I'd say a lot of the girls would feel very comfortable coming and talking to him and all the men, all the lads. You know, um, they're really approachable and they're like there's a good bond, good good fun element to it as well. So he said that, um, which the girls are enjoying as well, and that is part of why we have such good numbers and girls coming out to training every night. The result on Saturday, when anyone from outside the county wouldn't really know, or anyone that wasn't close to Cav and Camogie, wouldn't know how competitive Camogie is in, in the county. Um, <clears throat> I know you've only got nine clubs, but it is so competitive, and from underage up, there's fantastic structures in the clubs. There's massive competition there. Like anyone, like it, it's more in Cavan that there's not enough girls that actually play camogie, but the girls that actually play camogie put their a heart, like their heart and soul into it. They love their game of camogie, and it is very competitive. Like we say, when I'm playing for Christian Law, I'm all for Christian Law. I love nothing more than mm-hmm. for Christian Law. And then the same with the rest of the girls. They represent Den or Lara, Balinya, Castara, Lacken. Like they just put, they just love their camogie, love representing their club, and will do anything for their club to win it's just there's not that quantity or philosophy of people playing um, because there is only the nine clubs but not just in County Cabin you're competitive like your own club Crusher Law with Ulster titles then Den got to an All-Ireland final last year 
what is it with you know with Camogie and the county and at club level? I think everyone underestimates kind of the talent in of mm. the players that are within the county. Just because we don't have a county team and people haven't seen any and any of the fruits of the Camogie in the county, see a county, see a county team. Um, I don't think it, it's kind of underestimated, but definitely there. Even just I know from playing with Christian Law, like but the the talent and the Camogie skills of them players. Like you would have played in college with some Camogie, like great Camogie players, like from around like the place, like around different counties. But like it is in our own county here with some people that are progressing on. Like the talent is massive, but it's just because we have, don't have a, t- a county team that it's kind of underestimated the talent that lives there. Like, uh, and yeah, then done serious to get to that All Ireland final as well. But even all, over other years, like previous years, like before even we were getting to the final the club, Lacken were getting to the final with the club and winning it and going on to Castle Tower for years before that. So the club scene it has always been strong. Looking at the year, especially for Crucialla, uh, you know, and, and and the parish. Some year, obviously, the ladies are leading it with the with the camogie, but the men also finally. Doing that, finally getting over the line and winning the cabin championship as well. Oh, that was amazing! Now that um, that had uh, draw, draw blood or tears in the yeah. stone. Like looking at that, you know, after forty-eight, 40, yeah, forty-eight years. I, think I always say forty-seven. I think forty-eight years. Um, like, like uh, just even seeing my own father here and neighbours and that, just seeing it happen. You know, I don't even know if they ever thought that I'd ever see another county title, senior county title coming back. So it's just brilliant for all the older generation as well, and. And bring such camaraderie and that within the club, and just to give some people that buzz and that high that comes with winning, you know. And and just go, and you know, having the games week to week, you know, to get to the quarter final, and then when they get to the semi final, then when they get to the final, when they actually win it this year, when they lost it two years ago, and you know, all that excitement. It's just if you're a GA person at all, it's just it's just what you live for, you know. All those games week on week and seeing how the lads perform, and then when you see the, them coming home to the the welcome home and yeah. bringing. The Oliver Plunker Cup into the um, into the dressing rooms and up into the stand in Kinlech there. You know where all the hard training has been done over the years. It is, it is nearly, you know, it, it, it brings a tear to you just to think, you know, that all the hard work that's been in over the years and now the Cup's back here with them. Like, it was just great. Even just for that tonight, you celebration fireworks and all that. It was great. Listen, it gives a lot of clubs some hope. Like, my own club, we've gone, next year will be 39 years since we last won a championship and your old um, Lack and Ladies manager is in charge of us so no pressure on Ryan at all for next year looking back on the Cavan game you know the fact that you played Tyrone before and you you beat Tyrone you know, because sometimes people say, you know, if you beat them in an early stage, you know, the final is completely different because we did go in as favourites because we had beaten them twice before but we knew that they were they had added a lot of players to the panel even from the two games and um, so we just had to be you know on our toes and be aware that it's not going to be mightn't have been as comprehensive or you know as as the other results and um, other scorelines that we finished up but uh, yeah we went out now to be honest Saturday it was dreadful conditions it was such a hard game to try and play between the wind and the rain you know it can Camogie especially can be so affected yeah. by that like, um, so I don't think we actually performed like we don't, I don't think we actually played the way we could. Now, granted that the, the conditions were impossible to perform in, so 
So, um, but I think we'll be looking for a better performance than what we put in on Saturday. But granted, yeah, we came good and the scoreline did, it looked good in the end. But, and all those goals that we got, we kind of really pulled away in the last 15 minutes of the second half, mostly. Um, I'd say if you asked any of us, we wouldn't be too happy with our own personal performances, really. But, um, it was the next day. <laughs> Kamogi and the hurling, you know, the weather does really affect a game and, and how you play and your game plan completely goes out the window and you know the elements have a huge bearing on a game yeah well like we don't we say it like when you're playing against strong wind you kind of have to carry the ball mm. the ball won't go in you know and then that's not really our game to carry it from midfield either we'd rather be letting the long ball in as well just different things like that but it depends on where your personnel are like lined out on the pitch as well to be able to receive them type of ball so it does change up a lot and your puck outs aren't going as far against the wind and they might be landing you know we say on the people that you want them to land on and that sort of thing so it does change it up a bit but ah uh, yeah we, we, we managed it rightly but I think um, we would rather perform better and we're hoping that with better conditions it'll suit us better yeah History in All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday against Roscommon you played Roscommon as well before, so, so you know what Roscommon are like. Yeah, we played them in the league. Um, they're very strong. Now, I know we played them, we played, we played um, four rows, which is a very strong home club mm. in uh, Roscommon. We played those in the Ireland semi-finals in Cushlaw two years ago. And they just, they just showed us how to play Kogi that day. Uh, we were streets behind them, to be honest. So we know that it is a massive step to go and play the likes of Roscommon. But we're a bonus territory for mm. us now, and we just do our absolute damnedest to try and try and do what we can to get over the line. You know, like we, we, we will be giving them a lot of credit, but I suppose when you go out and the ball is thrown in, we just have to think of ourselves as anyone can win this game as long as it's the work rate put in and the hunger, and we'll see what happens then. Yeah, because it is a whole new thing for Calvin Camogie. When, when you think of how long you've been out of the game, and now it's kind of a, a whole restart with you. Games are being um, live streamed, which is brilliant. So you're kind of hoping that you know young girls can look at that and say, "Well, you know what? I want to play Camogie for for Calvin one of the days." You know, if they're playing for Den or Crusher Law, whoever they're, they're playing their Camogie yeah. for. Oh, that's the idea, all right, and that's what it's all about. It's about getting a cabin team out, getting a little bit of maybe advertising for it, letting these young girls know that, you know, when you're playing, starting off playing with your club at under 12 and under 14, that when, you know, you can't play with your county under 14, 15 and progress on to play with a senior team. It just gives that added voice, it gives people a goal and, you know, a dream to, you know, keep up, keep up with their skills and, and keep practicing hard and, you know, someday that I will be put on the cabin there and play a that's what it's all about you mentioned bonus territory it would be fantastic to see you you know kind of going that little step extra it kind of gives a little bit of hope as well I think the cabin camogie story is a lovely story yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's bringing a lot of joy to mm. us and all, like all the players and families and clubs around here. Just to see, you know, it's kind of a do-good story, as in, oh, they're out, they're trying, they're, you mm. know, they're trying their best. If the team put out, if some kids out, they're out playing games and they're winning. You know that yeah. kind of way. So it's just like smiles all around. But when we get out there on Saturday, we won't be thinking that oh God, well, just isn't it great that we have a team working out there to, to win it? Yeah, you know, and we. 
when that ball is thrown in, we won't be thinking about who we're playing against. We'll be thinking of ourselves and our performance and what we can improve on and just never say die attitude and just work until the final whistle and see what way it ends up. Having sport just it kind of gives you just a break away from life and I suppose for you as well you know it's just we're working that kind of the mundane things and then you just run onto a field and that's it you know you forget oh, all your yeah, worries and yeah oh, it's just so important like you're just like a new person when yeah. you're on the pitch you know what I mean everyone's forgotten about it and it's just about playing the game alone it's brilliant I meant to I'll say like the support and the good wishes the well wishes that we have got from the, throughout the county is unbelievable it's, I literally I can't get over the goodwill and the support that we're getting from the county I, I never expected them in my wildest dreams and just so appreciative for everybody every every text and every little mention and every every little bit that's in the media you know like the girls really deserve it as well but it's, it's just brilliant to have camogie and it's, I'm just so thankful to everyone sports we, we love the highs we get an awful lot of the lows but I think it, it brings people together it gives people a bit of a lift doesn't it Oh, an outlet, 100% an outlet, yeah. Even the chat about even when the, the matches are well and truly over, even the chat about, I know I'd come back into work and we'd be bringing up that calf and down men's game again. You know, yeah. like, it's just so, it's just great to talk about. It might be three days old and then we'd be looking forward then to the Donegal game and assessing that and who's picking up who. And it's just such an outlet. Like, if you've if been interested at all, like, you're blessed. I meant to say to you before, you know, did you think for so many years when you were playing, Kamogi, did you ever think that you would get the chance to put on a Cavan jersey and play for your county? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Up until last year, I didn't think there would be. I just think we might have just had the proper setup yeah. within the county, as in the county board. Now, don't get me wrong, the county board that was there, they were doing their best, like, and they ran off some serious club finals and serious competition in the club. But I just didn't know if we had the funding or the capacity to actually get the girls back competing at national level. Well, like, Michelle Smith is within there as chairperson, and then Sean Riley is vice chairman. And then everyone that's in there on the county board, now, they've just put in Trojan work to try and get, like, the money on board to get us kids out and get the management in and facilities in. Like, it all costs money as well at the end of the day. So they've just they just sat down together, put their heads together and said, This will happen and Michelle's just so determined, like she's the backbone of the whole lot there and she just said it will happen. We just sat down for many days and they say Michelle's home never stops seven days a week. But um fair play to her, she she said she was gonna do it and she put it together and the fruits of that came out there on Saturday bringing home silverware and it's a testament to them. Listen. A lot of people that you need to be thanked in the in the background, you know. Well, please God, it's the start of uh, something good for Calvin Kamoki. It mightn't be this weekend or next weekend or even next year when, like, but I'd hope it would be, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, it's there, it's started, the team is up and running, and the girls are doing really well, and just hopefully it progresses on now, this year, next year, and on for the next few years. Going. This weekend's games, and all the games are on Saturday. The All-Ireland Intermediate Semi-Finals at half one in St. Tiernox Park. In Clonus, it's Down versus Mead. While in Inneskeen at 3.15, it's Antrim against Leash. And the Premier Junior Semi-Finals, Armagh against Tyrone. There's no venue or time yet, so obviously check the Camogie Association page or Sports Talks social media. And at half one in Athlete, it's Roscommon against Cavan. Now, we'll look back at the football results from the weekend. And in the ladies' senior championship in Group 1, Cork are through to the semi-finals after defeating Cavan 7-9 to 2-6. Uh, 
marks on your Terry O'Sullivan scored a hat-trick goals in that game and Saoirse Noonan, who was called up to the Republic of Ireland women's squad, she scored two. In Group 2, last year's beaten All-Ireland finalists, Galway booked their place in the last four with a narrow 2-13-3-9 win over Monaghan. Galway had a player sent off in that game, were seven points up going into the last 15 minutes and Monaghan made a bit of a comeback in Group 3, Donegal 2-13, Waterford 9 points and then the big one of the weekend in Group 4, Armagh advanced to the semi-finals with a 4-12 to 1-16 win over Mio. Amy Mackin scored a 2-7 and it's the first time the Archer County are into the All-Ireland semi-finals since 2015. Tom, you spoke to Amy Mackin a few weeks ago after her display against Tyrone in the opening night. She followed up again on Saturday. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I watched some of the camogie, then I switched over and watched Armagh and Mio. You know, you can't say enough about about Amy Mackin. Yeah, very good, very good player. But you could see that in the opening Friday night light game there that she was just back from injury. Her first competitive game back, she's probably a little bit nervous and she was only going to go on and on. Like you and me and the guys at Sports Talk know how much quality she has within her ranks. Like she's basically, to me, the Keir McDonald of uh, ladies football. She's just uh, a star to watch. Like Mayo are always an entertaining team mm. to look at. Um, they will be bitter d- disappointed with uh, going out in the group stages and not even getting to the semi-finals and a chance of um, an All-Ireland shot. All credit has to go to the to the Armagh ladies football um, you can see within their team that they're playing to an immense, immense team game. Uh, they're all running for each other off the shoulder and they've got quality, quality players. And Dublin will be uh, looking through their analysis and try and get a, an edge over how to mark Amy Mackin. I would imagine that if you, they have enough quality that if you mark Amy Mackin, they have somebody else that will come in and perform. But excellent from her. And now we get to see her against again against the best team in the country, Dublin, in a couple of weeks' time. Cork are up against Galway in the other semi-final. And we could have nearly had a clash because those games were down for the 28th. But the LGFA have moved that game back to the 6th because Cork and Galway are also playing in the Camogie that weekend. So fair play, that's what we want to see it is a positive story. Yeah, that's a positive story. But what people got to understand, and I know from being dealing in boards and dealing different things, it has to go through a procedure and it has to go through a process for that game to get changed. There's no one person that can say, yes, that can be changed. And while they might know it's there's an error or there's a, a fault in the system, it has to go through a process. And I thought both uh, dealt with it very well and dealt with it in time and yes it's positive and it's kind of it didn't get a big uh, negative story about all the ladies football and Mm. the can't come to an agreement again this has got through a process and I think to be fair each of the government bodies are doing very very well in this climate We'll go on to the Intermediate Championship in Group 1 Offaly 4-4 Roscommon 5-10 the Rossies through to the last four Group two, your county, Tom Westmead, 311, Louth, 15. Westmead, we expected to go through to the semi finals, and they did. Group three, Down, 312, Leitrim, 110. And group four, this was the group with four teams in it, and literally was the group of death. Clare, 718, Sligo, two points. Kildare, 38, Leash, 213. Now, Clare go through on score difference because themselves, Kildare, and Leash finished level on points. And everyone looking in the last couple of weeks probably would have expected Kildare 
they lost to Leash. And then obviously with that result with Clare, fantastic result. You said, you know, you mentioned them last week that you could see them maybe going through to the semi-finals, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but I if I was Kildare or Leash, I'd be sick. Like if you look at mm. any of the other groups, they're winning two games, you're qualify. Win two games yeah. in group four and you finish t- third in Leash's case there. And if I was Kildare, I, I would be sick because in fairness, Clare had a, a massive advantage. While it was brilliant for them to get, and I'm not taking them back, taking away from it, they were playing Sligo who were, had nothing to play for. It was more than an advantage for them to accumulate a score up. But that's the look at a draw and fair play to Clare for qualifying. But I would be sick if I was Clare or Leash in that group of four. Right, this weekend, it's the Junior Lauren semi-finals. Both games are on Saturday at 1pm. In Dunhamore, Ashburn, it's Wicklow against Antrim. And in Kinnegad, Fermanagh tick on Wicklow. Two very good semi-finals. I suppose Tom Wicklow relegated last year. They'll be hoping to get back. And that's what happened in the last number of years that teams have done that. And Wicklow will be going into that game full of confidence. Wicklow will be the favourites going into it. But don't rule out Antrim. Like they've some very, very good players. Again, it's going to be down to the weather. If I was saying to those four teams, you're playing against the weather first and you're trying to get your marquee players to kind of step up and be able to convert freeze and be able to win that hard, dirty ball. You're looking for your shooters to be able to carry it in close enough to the goals that they're able to kick a point or get a ball over the bar. And again, as I was saying to Jackie Kinch and to Aoife Tormey of, of Wexford a couple of weeks back, the kick out against the breeze. Like you can talk about tactics yeah. all you like and you talk about different play, but it's very difficult to get the ball out if you're playing against Gale Force Breeze and um, you're just trying to find the nearest closest player to you. And it's a, about winning that second ball making sure if, if you don't win the first one, you win the second ball and being able to carry the ball down the field against the breeze and convert your scores. All right, and then I had a chat with Fermanagh captain Courtney Murphy about this weekend's game. An All-Ireland semi-final on Sunday. You lost to Louth last year in the All-Ireland yeah. semi-final. I suppose for yourselves, you want to avenge that and go one better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like the whole team would kind of agree that we were really disappointed last year. Obviously, it's never nice losing the finals, but I think um, it's just worse again when you don't perform, mm. perform to your own standards. Like, so I think that's kind of in the back of our heads this year that we want to get back there and right the wrongs of last year nearly. You're playing Limerick this weekend. I was there last year at your Division 4 semi-final. You were dead and buried at half-time and yeah. some turnaround. That was probably one of the best games of football I was at. Um, yeah, I think at halftime we kind of spoke in the change room just saying this wasn't good enough. Like We kind of said we've half an hour of football here to start playing, really, because like, we were just dead in the first half. You know, We didn't really look like ourselves. And then just in the second half, like we hunted like dogs for turnovers. We held Limerick out, and the scores are forwards we're getting and even the tackling our forwards are doing in the forward line like I remember the particular instances like turning them over in the uh, our half forward line like and everyone was getting up like we just got the momentum and kept ticking on and thankfully like we did um, get past them in the semi-final and then won the uh, Division 4 which was unbelievable like that was one of our targets last year so we definitely we're delighted that we uh, achieved that but that semi-final was definitely for us like a crunch game last year Yeah because when you think of how competitive the divisions are 
just to be able to get out of the division because you might top your table but lose a semi-final. You defeated um, your Ulster rivals as well, Antrim. The thing about it is, especially with your Ulster Championship and that, there's always a chance that you're going to meet either Derry or Antrim in a final. Yeah, I think um, we were lucky last year that there was the semi-finals because we weren't actually top two. I think this year they scrapped the semi-finals mm. straight top two final. So I suppose we were really lucky that we did have that chance. We beat Limerick in the uh, semi-final and then we met Antrim. I suppose last year it was a kind of a case of, geez, we just keep meeting Antrim here. Like we met them obviously in the league and then the league final or Ulster final and then again in the All Ireland series. So I think it was. Um, Three out of four wins we got mm. um, last year. Um, I think the final kind of still one that kind of frustrated us that we didn't we slipped up there or that Antrim just beat us on the day. But um, I think, as I said, like Division Four was definitely a big boost. As you say, it's very hard to get out of those divisions, so that was a big, big uh, bonus for us. And then I suppose then, unfortunately, as we said, that semi-final defeat to Louth junior competition. You never know, and especially I suppose in this kind of weather, form is going to go out the window. You won the junior back in 2017, beating Derry, another Ulster team, um, in the final uh, in a replay. And um, you had to actually level the first game, the drawn game as well. And then obviously you really got the better of them in, in that replay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's another case of us not performing on the day in Crow Park. I think in 2017. We were big favourites going into that Derry game and we didn't kind of play our attention but lucky enough like we got a penalty I think in the last five minutes that um, brought us level and then um, the replay was taken to Clonus which is unbelievable to win it there now the crowd we had and the support in Clonus was unbelievable last day um, but yeah I think it's something that's still hanging over us that we just haven't performed for potential in all Ireland finals, maybe people, you know, might find it so weird that like what twenty fourteen, you were in an intermediate final. That shows yeah. you how competitive it is and how tough it is. And you're getting a bad run or a bad run of injuries or a couple of defeats, and that's it. You know, you can you can slide back down again. Yeah, I think and Limerick are like much like yourself. Mm. Enough after they won the uh, junior twenty eighteen. And then, obviously, now they came back down. I think Limerick have been regraded from intermediate as well. So, as you say, it is, it's very competitive and it's hard. Which you, it's hard to get out of junior mm. and it is hard to stay up in intermediate. But I think, for ourselves, intermediate is where we want to be. Like, it's the same as competing in higher divisions in Division 3. You're playing tougher teams. Like, you're only going to progress more. So, yeah. That is the goal. Like as much as winning All Ireland in junior is great and everything, I think just the bonus is getting up into intermediate and playing competitive football. That's the thing about it. Unfortunately for yourselves, Division Three ended prematurely because of the COVID. You were named captain this year, and I suppose for any person to be named captain of your your county team, it's a great honour. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I was stunned <laughs> to be honest when um, I was asked back in December. Um, and obviously last year, Joanne was our captain, so she set the high standards. And um, yeah, I was asked in December, and then obviously this year kind of took a strange turn after March. But in fairness, like we made the most of what we could during uh, the lockdown. I think um, we, me and a few other girls, like we put forward the idea of a, a fundraiser. So that was something to keep us going, like all the girls rode in with that and uh, we supported three local charities, so that was something that we kind of, we were kind of proud that we did mm. during lockdown, you know, while it was off the pitch, 
Um, but then there was a long time after that when you know the running and everything, the five Ks were done, and you're just kind of thinking, is it ever going to happen? And how do you keep the motivation? How do you keep the team spirits going? Obviously, then we got a good uh, club season, all the girls individually, but then it was about bringing that back in together then come September when County was back. As you said about, about the fundraiser, you all came together as a team, and that just shows about what it's like working as a team and teamwork. Um, whose idea was it to have that fundraiser? Um, I'm not actually sure. I think it could have been just between mm. the captains and yeah. vice captains, myself, Ashley, and Anya. We kind of discussed it and then we said to the group, like, what do you think? And then um, management backed it too and they were happy enough for it to be player-led. So um, we talked about it as well, which kind of charities we wanted mm. to support and everyone was kind of saying, you know, it was good to go local. So we yeah. went with the local food bank um, from Anna Women's Aid and a local mental health charity as well. So, um, yeah, as I said, everyone rode in behind it and like the support from... Um, each individual's family and the clubs and everything was great so yeah it was good it was good crack too like we kind of put a bit, bit of uh, fun into it with yeah. TikTok and everything for promotion so it was good it was good crack What kind of a captain are you? Are you one that can be quite vocal or even having the, the pep talk in the dressing room are you another one that kind of lets your football do the talking? Yeah I'd say anyone that knows me probably says I'm not the most loud person so I probably would just kind of be I hope that I lead by example. I suppose I don't know it's kind of other people's perception mm. of me, but I um, I hope that like what I do on the pitch kind of is someone would look to me and say, yeah, there's an example of a captain. But I suppose I might not be the front and getting scores and everything, but I'm in the back kind of doing the work there. But um, then in the change room, yeah, like I'll speak and I'll say my bit, and hopefully mm. the girls do listen. You know, I don't want to be um, correcting them or ever or just. Uh, getting them riled up and you know being a voice for other people you know that kind of way Your manager Johnny obviously saw some qualities there and some traits because as I said you know it's a it's a great honour you know and it's, it's a big responsibility whatever about you know being your club captain but when you're asked to, to captain your county team. I was club captain um, two or three years ago I think for the year and as you said it is different like your county you're with different girls yeah. you know different clubs so it's more about building up that team bond and our team morale as such and there's a lot of different personalities and different characters as well kind of just bringing that into one you know both on the pitch and off the pitch um, I kind of think we've done a lot with like team culture and everything and trying to implement that so it comes all down from management and I suppose I'm just another kind of cog in the wheel and bringing it all together like. The last two years getting to the semi-final as you said unfortunately you know it didn't work out for you winning Division 4 you know even this year you know you were competitive in Division 3 you had a change of management last year the management have made a difference? Yeah no definitely they've kind of set a standard just like I um, way they've implemented things and they've kind of said they're not just going to be here for a year or a season you know, they want like to progress from on a football for the future kind of thing so I think everyone's kind of um, rode in behind that and it is something like we're kind of seeing progression on each year obviously like winning promotion last year and I hope for the goal this year will be to win the junior and it is kind of it's definitely making a difference and I think even the amount of youth that's been brought in and that's kind of seen as the future and like building not just the team for this year but the team for the future like as you said you had a long season with your club you're now in an Ireland semi-final you're back at college does Courtney Murphy have time to relax or is her football her relaxation you know what do you do when football or college 
is off? Uh, probably not, not much. Um, football or, or outside of football in college, really. Like, um, I think even if you don't play... Yeah, because the thing about it is, even though you're a player, when you switch off, you become a supporter, and obviously you're yeah. you're you're into the games. For us sports people, it is great having the games for you to play in, but also for myself to, to cover or to uh, to watch and and sporters. You know what we do without sport. Oh, I know. You definitely felt that during lockdown. I mean, you're kind of at a mess come a Sunday afternoon. You know, you'd usually be sitting in front of the tally or you'd usually be going watching a game. So it is definitely good, and as you said, a good boost having it back now. You know, it's something to talk about. It's a big thing in our family, like sports. So I suppose I was kind of bred into it. And yeah, that's just the way it is. It's all-consuming, nearly. Obviously, the GAA games. Um, any other sports that would take your interest? No, not really, no, to be honest. I suppose I'm kind of where we are in Fermanagh, like Canale, the small away clubs. So there's not much other sporting activity mm. that is around that you, you could get involved in. Um, but no, I suppose just, yeah, football, I suppose I'm not really a big soccer fan either, like, like an owner. Eat, sleep, breathe football. Last year is where you had that um, famous win over Limerick in Kenny Gads. So you know what it's like. But listen, with the weather and that, it's kind of completely different. It's it's not like the league final last year or the league semi-final last year or your All-Ireland semi-final where you had decent weather. You know, pitches are heavy. Have you had to change your, your game, you know, kind of to adapt to the weather conditions? Um, I think we've seen, especially in our our first uh, championship game against Wicklow, the fact of the weather, like, it was a wind just swirling around the pitch that day, like, and it definitely affected us. I think maybe we were just too slow to adapt that day to the weather. Um, and then I think we got a better day against Carlo. But, you know, as you said, the pitches are heavy, like, it's not the same summer football. So um, it is going to be different, but I think we still have the same kind of plan or process mm within the team and like that's the way we are going to play and we will just adapt to the weather and mistakes are going to happen especially in winter football like and it's just going to be how you react to the mistakes and how you correct them I think you know, I know COVID we have to have the precautions and different things like that but once you go on to the field of play it's great to have that distraction that you know for, for the hour or so and even for supporters and, and people that will be watching in that they can forget about you know things yeah, definitely. Like I think you know, you do apart from the precautions and everything that's being taken. Like you know, you leave your house, whatever, on game day morning, and then that's what you tuned in. Like it is just a real distraction. You're not really thinking about COVID, and as soon as the ball is in, like it's gone, you're all focused on the game. I think even after, like as you said, it's a distraction instead of talking about the game and um, the post-match diagnosis. Yeah. Nearly like so. Um, oh, it is like I, w- I think it would be a very dark dull winter now if we didn't have football as much as it's hard to, <laughs> to get out in the dark evenings like it's a great um, addition like. well listen thank you to uh, Fermanagh and to the rest of the ladies football teams and camogie players and men's and hurlers the spectacles and, and the games that are been shown at the moment, you would not yeah. think that the conditions were, were, you know, were so different underfoot for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it is. Like I've watched games too, and it, it is great. Like you just, mm. it's kind of the unknown too. Like yeah, in, in different games going on, you don't know what way it's going to swing because of the uncertainty that the weather brings. But 
Fermanagh and Limerick, seeing both of them play. And I suppose, D, you would have a little bit of experience when Fermanagh and Limerick seen both of them play. We've seen both of them play in an All-Ireland final there a couple of years ago. Uh, how do you see that game going? As you said, it's, it's very hard in this weather to predict games and it's also it's how you adapt to the weather conditions and that's probably one of the questions and it's probably the most used question that we're asking players and managers is how are you going to adapt or how did you adapt last year I was at Fermanagh and Limerick in the Division 4 semi-final and it was an absolutely cracking game. Different weather conditions. Fermanagh were down by nine points at halftime and they just came out all guns blazing. A bit like Cavan last Sunday against Down, you know, played to the final whistle and that's exactly how they done it. Limerick have been there as well. They were All-Ireland champions a few years back, got up to intermediate and unfortunately were relegated and they'll want to kind of go back up there and you know, on paper, your kind of people will probably will be predicting Wicklow and a Limerick final. I just had this sneaky feeling about Fermanagh. I saw them earlier this year as well. Um, they played against Longford. You know, Longford played very well, probably wasted so many chances. Any mistakes that Longford made, they punished them. You know, that's the type of team they are. Like if Limerick make any mistake, they have players there for Fermanagh that can't punish them. And I just got a sneaky feeling that it'll be a Fermanagh Wicklow final. And the, with the results from the Leinster Championship there in the men's, you can see that there's a lot of competitiveness within the ladies' football. You have the junior, intermediate and senior with Leash and Dublin there and Leash and Westmead and Dublin a couple of weeks back. The second year is due to come in next year. Longford, unfortunately, my own county will be in Division 3 next year, so they'll be in Tier 2. You'll also have Cavan, and they'll probably be one of the favourites to win the Talton Cup. Like you look at this year in the Alliance Leagues, every game going down to the last day with uh, relegation, promotion, no one knew what the story was. Teams are, are basically of an even keel there. That could have been another way rather than have the, the Talton Cup, the hurling. You have so many competitions, and that was another option. And, you know, as you said, I think the ladies' football have really shown how you can do things with the different grades. And then also someone has said to me so many times about the clock, because you know yourself, a board could go up and it is at least four minutes of additional time. So seven or eight minutes could be played due to stoppages. Whereas in the ladies, especially with the championship, the clock stops every time there's a stoppage and you know how many minutes was left. So that's it for another week, folks. Thank you, Tom, as always for coming on and having the chat keep an eye out on our social media accounts for all the news from Camogie and ladies football so until next week stay safe and slung the fall.